Yo ho, yo ho, a pirate's life for me. Breathing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining me as he does every single Monday, the everydayers know this. It's Lindsey Crosby of AuburnDaily.com. And to start things off, Lindsey, before we get into how the SEC schedule rules will impact Auburn, and of course, Auburn baseball going 0 for 2 in their own regional. That wasn't fun. Auburn Sunday night gets a commitment from a JUCO defensive back, Chancellor Anthony. He's committed, but his name on Twitter is Chance Pirate Anthony. So we are certainly running with that. Always good to get a pirate, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But this is a guy that has limited tape. Lindsay, let's just be very clear on this, but a JUCO product. That's three years left of eligibility. And I think right now is going to be a body. I, I think he his thing is versatility. It sounds like that was kind of the two-way communication. He wanted to be kind of used as a as a piece that could be a corner, that could be a nickel, that could be a safety. And you look at kind of how the depth chart falls. They need probably a fourth or fifth or sixth corner. They need a fourth or fifth or sixth safety. Like it makes sense. It makes sense. And this is a guy that will be eligible to play this year. I think it's plunderful that they brought him in. I really love the fact that he can come in and just like having, having the versatility. When you get farther down the depth chart, that's really key because if you're getting that far, and this sounds, sounds bad to say this, if you're getting that far, the guys need to be more than one-dimensional. And somebody who has the versatility right. to play uh, whether it's corner or safety, whether it's nickel or outside. I mean, it's jack of all trades, master of none, but there's the ability to coach him up for whatever you happen to need. So you could you could find some sort of walk-on or something, but this guy has a higher floor for you if the worst-case scenario happens. Yeah, the worst-case scenario in this case is, is walking the plank, I, I think. But if you've got a pirate, that certainly makes it better. Um, that was bad. I'm so sorry. But the you know he started four games at his junior college a season ago, and, and I think you know this is just a this is an athletic this is an athletic guy that I think they like his traits. He's six one, one seventy five. He's played a level of football higher than high school football. But once again, and, and we talked about this with the guy that we thought they were adding, um, but Auburn didn't take his commitment. The the guy from like New Mexico State or whatever, but another kid that just wants to be at Auburn, which I think is important, especially when you're talking about, I mean, this is arguably like the 80th to 85th scholarship spot. I mean, like th this yeah. is kind of where we're at when at this point of, you know, Hugh Freeze and this, you know, Auburn Tigers coaching staff building out this roster. And so, you know, you look at one of these bottom spots on the roster, and this is a guy that has talent, I don't think anybody's questioning that. It's just, can he put it all together? Is he an SEC player? I don't know. Um, clearly, this coaching staff thinks he certainly got a chance at it. But you know, this is uh, he told this to Cole Pinkson of Auburn Live. He said, quote, every Juco kid dreams of playing in the SEC. I feel like every kid that grows up watching football dreams of playing in the SEC. The fact 
that I have the chance to play in the SEC, which is the closest thing you can uh, to the NFL that you can get. It's a dream come true. I mean, this this is a great story. This is a great story, Lindsay. And this is a situation where it's like, this isn't a guy that I think is going to come in and compete for a job right away. But I think the staff believes that he's got the traits where he could be developed into that. You know, he's got three years, lots of eligibility. Um, cool. I think I think this makes Auburn's roster better than it was before he was here. Yeah. The the big things that I care being about in this situation is one, he he wants to be here, like you said. That's a that's a big deal, especially in the age of the of the transfer portal. He's yeah. a guy who wants to be here. He's a guy who, like you said, is experienced above the high school level. So something I talk about a lot when we talk about these guys who have transferred in as underclassmen yeah. is they've been in the college football weight rooms. They've had a chance to do the physical development uh, to, so that they're not, it's not the same as bringing in a high school guy, but in, but it, for, the, for the most part, when you have a guy like this with three years of eligibility, it's a little bit better because they've gotten some of the physical development and they can't leave as easily as a high school recruit could. Uh, not that you have to, like, now that I'm saying don't take high schoolers, but it's just something where you feel a little bit, little bit better about that. And if I had to, you know, bend your ear on this, I know it's not free, it's a buccaneer, uh, but I think that this is... That was terrible. That was, I thought it was, I thought it was like a good little segue thing in there. Keep going. Okay, uh, I think that this is exactly what you want to do with those last couple spots on the roster. I, I, this is the right yeah. way to handle it because, again, it checks a lot of boxes. Uh, there's a lot more upside here than there is from taking a walk on or you know, and, and giving a scholarship, something like that, especially for a guy who has had one spring and that's it. You don't know a lot about these depth guys. You're who freeze. This makes yeah. Yeah, and I think he's a corner. He looks more like a corner to me. His JUCO highlights, he played in the middle of the field more, but all I could find was highlights. So, But just looking at the cornerback room, like DJ James has gone after this season. I think Keontae Scott has gone after this season. Nehemiah Pritchett's gone after this season. And so all of a sudden, uh, Jalen Simpson's going to be gone after this season. So next year, like going into 24, your corners, once again, assuming, assuming, Chancellor Anthony, the pirate, is is a corner. You'll have Kane Lee. You'll have JD Rim, and you'll have him. So like, and, it, it makes sense as far as kind of planning the future uh, of the position. And I think the three years of eligibility—that's the big thing because again, he has transferred. He can't transfer again until he graduates. He doesn't have to leave. He's gotten all the R and R he needs, R. and so now you're in a situation where it gives you. It's this is more about years two and three than this is about year one. He's not going to come in and get a lot of playing time committing in June uh, before the season, but this is about years two and three. It gives you a guy you can get him in the system now. You can correct whatever technique issues you have yeah. so that you have a piece if you need it in 24 and in 25. Right. And for folks who are wondering about the timing of all of this, he will be in for Auburn's second summer semester we kind of observed that that timing would be a possibility for potential grad transfers in the transfer portal it appears that the roster is done a couple of different sites saying that this looks like this is it especially for the 2023 class maybe they can be creative with some other scholarship spots but i kind of feel like this is it and so once again yeah enrolling before that second summer mini semester, and then i'll have access to the facilities and coaches and 
weight room and, and things like that. So good for him. Once again, I like the depth piece because he's so versatile. It just makes a ton of sense. It makes you deeper on two different fronts because I mean, even looking, I mean, even looking at safety as I kind of pull this up, I mean, the future of that position, I mean, Auburn is old in the defensive back room. Donovan Kaufman's a junior. Zion Puckett's a senior. Marquise Gilbert's a junior. Caleb Wooden is a sophomore. I feel like he's been here longer than that. But I mean, still, like this is this is a situation where like Auburn's defensive back room is older, and so I, I love it. I, I love the addition. It makes sense. Not expecting a splash impact from him, but I think he's going to make the team better long term. It makes sense. It's a good ad. So, congrats to Chancellor Pirate. Anthony, for um, for this, once again, it sounds like he wanted to be in the SEC and he got there. So this is a really, really cool story. Congratulations to him. I am hooked that he decided to come here. All right. I am too. Okay. I am too. All right. All right. The SEC scheduling, I think it's going to result in something that a lot of Auburn people want. I don't like how it's framed, though, Lindsay. I don't like how they handled it. There was other ways to do this. We'll discuss in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Lindsay, can you imagine betting on sports anywhere else? I certainly I certainly cannot. No. And so uh, the NBA Finals are going on. Be sure to get in on the action at FanDuel because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's a lot of dollars, Lindsay. Um, that's $2,500 at back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So be sure to get in on the action. There's no downside. No downside. Also, Auburn's still at six and a half wins. If you feel like Auburn is going to be better than that, which most of you do based on the YouTube comments, be sure to check that out as well. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get that no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Lindsey Crosby. Uh, so the SEC came out there sticking with eight games, which I don't hate. I don't hate that option because I think as far as setting up to win a national championship from your conference, statistically, no one has won a national championship playing nine conference games. They just haven't done it because the SEC has done it a ton. And then the ACC has done it three times. And they've, they've stayed at eight before moving yeah. to nine. I think they're moving to nine soon. But So they're staying at eight conference games despite adding more conference teams in 2024 with Oklahoma and Texas coming in. And the whole protected rivalry thing, that makes sense. We all want to preserve the Iron Bowl. I totally get that. But what was proposed this whole time was an either-or thing, we thought. Clearly, that wasn't the case, but we thought it was either, all right, you're going to play eight games where you have one, and then you rotate seven, or you play nine games where you have three protected games and you rotate six. That way, you can play every team every other season 
And if you're a student athlete and you play four years, you'll play in every venue in your conference. That was a whole argument for it. Like, yeah, that makes total sense. I talked about it with some student athletes. They're all like, yeah, I absolutely love that. It makes a ton of sense. That's really, really cool. Fans love it. You got the opportunity to go. Uh, if you're a traveling fan, you want to tailgate at certain places or see different places throughout the SEC. That's cool. We all love that. But that's not what the SEC did. They stayed with eight games, which is fine, but they didn't like, there's no like qualifying factors of how they're going to reach these eight games every season. So what does that potentially mean, Lindsay? Potentially means teams getting screwed. Like that could potentially happen. And I think Auburn's going to get Georgia, right? I think they're going to kind of leave it up in the air. It's like, yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. They're going to try to preserve rivalries, which to me says they're going to keep Auburn and Georgia on the yeah. schedule. They're going to keep LSU all Miss on the schedule. I mean, they're going to do what they can, which is fine. I don't think anybody's arguing against that. That's cool. But I just don't trust the SEC to do the right thing as far as like create parity among the league. And I just think that's going to make our path to a championship harder. Now we've learned over the past week, Auburn fans do not care about like how easy it is to get to a playoff. They do not care about that, which is fine. I'm cool with that. If you want to beat your rivals and jeopardize playoff appearances, whatever, that's cool. We can agree to disagree on that. Um, but I, I just, that's my thoughts on it. Lindsay, are you in the same boat as me or you want to push back on anything I said? So it's very surprising for me. The conversations I've had on discord and Twitter and places like that, you yeah. know, which by the way, you want to join the locked up, locked up in discord links in the episode description. Have at it. Yep. Uh, there's a lot of people, like you said, that they're looking at this from the perspective of I'm a college football fan. I want to see I'm an Auburn fan. I want to see Auburn play the teams that we've always played and preserve these rivalries from a I want to win a championship perspective from that perspective. I don't really care if we play Georgia every single year. Now, that is a controversial statement for a lot of people. And there are somebody in the YouTube comments right now going nuts on their keyboard about this. Right. But if the like this and this is a fundamental schism in the conversation about what is the like what is the guiding principle behind the schedule? Is the guiding principle behind the schedule we give every team an equal shot to win as many games as possible and make the playoff or is the guiding principle behind making the schedule we are going to uh, put emphasis on the regular season and the historic matchups that have taken place. Because if that's the case, yes. if if you want the historic matchups, that's where you're keeping the rivalries. That's where you would have had the three protected crossovers. And, and, and that's like okay. That. That's yeah. okay. Because that was like a big conversation point when the whole three permanent six rotating was a thing. It's like, who does Auburn get? Does Auburn get stuck with Alabama, Georgia, and LSU or something like that? Oh. It's like... I mean, that's brutal, but like those are the three biggest games. Yeah. And so if you're the SEC, I just want you to be consistent with what you're going to do. I don't want it to be like, well, we want to be fair or we need to create the best regular season product in college football. I'm fine with either of those, but you need to do it and be consistent throughout the league. And so we'll see. I love that there's going to be a show on Jan uh, June 14th um, it's going to be in prime time. I assume we'll go live after that. I'll give you more details closer to time, but 
uh, about just kind of unveiling who the opponents are for each team. And we yep. can kind of get our feet wet as far as saying, okay, this is what this new era of the SEC may look like with Texas and Oklahoma coming into the conference. But the Brad Crawford at 247 Sports, he Before went out that. and what's up? Sorry. Before you do that, my yep. prediction on the future, like it, it relates to that show. That's why I'm interrupting you. Sure. Uh, my fine. prediction is the ultimate decision about what direction the schedule will take. Is it going to be the equal footing for the playoff or is it going to be preserving the historic rivalries? That's all going to come down to how much more money will ESPN give the conference for moving from eight conference games to nine? Because some of the reporting behind this, the whole reason that the conference isn't doing that this year is because ESPN has not yet promised to give more money in the deal because they, they're taking over the broadcast rights for the conference. And so my prediction is the SEC is not going to decide equal parity for everybody versus preserve the rivalries. Ultimately, ESPN and their money will decide because yeah. if they're not willing to pay up to get that nine with three protective rivals, we'll keep eight because the SEC is not going to give away that ninth game to ESPN. That's my prediction on the record. Sure. Continue, please. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I don't think the coaches won a ninth game. Only five schools voted yes for nine. Auburn was not one of them, by the nope. way. Auburn was not one of them. Auburn voted to stay at eight. Um, so take that for for what it's worth. So Brad Crawford of 247 Sports put out project, uh, projections. Predictions, projections. Kind of messed up halfway through that word there. But he says um, this is his guess at Auburn's 2024 schedule. At Georgia, Texas, at home, at Alabama, Perfect. Missouri at home, at Mississippi State, South Carolina at home, at Kentucky, and LSU at home. And, like, that's cool that Texas is on there. Like, don't get me wrong. I think that's really, really cool. And it, I, you got a feeling they're going to try to put Texas and Oklahoma, like, on everybody's schedule, right? Like, either give somebody Texas or give somebody Oklahoma just to spice it up. This is a guess. I don't know that. I would think that, that would result in more eyeballs and more money, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I love that. But the rest of it's like, well, we played Missouri last year. I feel like we play South Carolina all the time. Like Kentucky's cool. Like we played them, we played them COVID year, right? We played them in the season yeah. opener of the COVID year. It's like still somewhat recent, but that's cool. That's fine. But I just don't feel like we, like the benefit of getting rid of divisions. I don't know if that really helps you, right? And if you're a big matchup guy, like, okay, you lose Ole Miss, which all of a sudden that's become a bigger game than it ever has been with the store in like pick up Kentucky. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I, that, that schedule does not fire me up. I'm just going to be honest with you. I do think it's easier than what we're used to, but it, yeah. it just doesn't fire me up. So the, the no, things that I notice on the schedule is one, uh, you still have that thing where Georgia and Alabama are both away in the same year. Right. Auburn has to give one back to Georgia so that they can get that alternating. They've got to do something because at Georgia at Alabama is a murderer's row. It doesn't matter if you split them up into different months or not, but that schedule with uh, former SEC East schools, South Carolina, Kentucky, and Missouri, this feels like an SEC West, like a normal SEC West schedule with your two or three crossover games. Like this doesn't feel any different than what you would normally get. Like it makes sense to me to you're getting rid of the rid of the visions. You need to front load this rotation, however long you're gonna make, make this rotation, 
with yeah. teams you haven't played a lot recently. When's the last time we played Florida? That was the Bo Nix freshman year, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. 19. Yeah. Yeah. Like when's the last time we played Vanderbilt? Like it's it's just it's one of those yeah, if you're getting rid if you're yeah. getting rid of divisions, spread it out and make it a little more put them all into a pool. Don't just take last year's schedule, rotate out some East teams for other East teams, add Texas in there somewhere and go with it. I'm with you. That, that doesn't get me pumped up. Also, it doesn't matter. The SEC is not going to ask me what to do. If they did, they would have done this differently. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. But uh, I, I do love that we're going to make an off-season event. I assume this will be annual. Um, kind of doing a, a schedule release type show. The NFL does that. And it's incredible. I love it. So we'll certainly see what that looks like moving forward. Auburn baseball. One of the more disappointing weekends I've ever seen in a, a team that I've cared about. We'll discuss in just a moment. Right here on Locked On Auburn. Lindsay mentioned it earlier in the show. Be sure to join the Locked On Auburn Discord. It is free. All you have to do is click the link in the episode description down below. Lindsay, you called it with Penn, the Quakers coming into town. You, uh, you highlighted their solid pitching, and boy, was it solid in, um, in the first game, or I guess the second game of the, of the Auburn Regional. And then, obviously, Auburn lost that. They could just never get that big hit despite loading the bases a few times. But then, you know, they, they couldn't get anything going against the Southern Miss team that really just looked way better than Auburn when they played on Saturday. And it's just, it was tough. It was tough to watch because this team, this team is better than, than the product that they put on the field in the regional. Yeah. Uh, the biggest takeaway for me, and I put this in the piece at AuburnDaily.com that went up after the regional on Saturday. Uh, Auburn had one game in the entire regular season that they did not have an extra base hit. They didn't wow. get an extra base hit in either game of the regional. And it's not for lack of trying. And Bryson Ware actually mentioned this in his post-game comments. He's like, we had some balls that we hit on the screws. They just didn't fall. And I'm reminded, I'm not saying lucky, unlucky, things like that. But I'm reminded, if you've seen the movie or read the book, Moneyball. There's a passage where Billy Bean's talking about how his, I'm going to clean this up for your show, how his thing doesn't really work in the playoffs. He's like, you know, we do a good job at finding value and finding incremental ways to make things better. But in a small sample size, like the postseason, yeah. you don't have a chance for the luck to even out. And I can think of four times in those two games when an Auburn player just laced a line drive up one of the baselines. And Cooper McMurray sends a screamer up the first baseline with Carter Wright, who had pinch, who had who was in after pinch hitting for somebody. Uh, Carter Wright's on first. 107 off the bat. Screamer. Yeah. But right at the first baseman, he catches it, turns around, tags Carter out. Double play. Inning over. And it like Bryson Ware had one. Screamer down the third baseline. Diving catch by the third baseman, ends the inning. And it's just Auburn never got those balls to fall. Uh, and and it wasn't for lack of trying. It wasn't for lack of approach. Now, the approaches weren't great until the sixth inning of game two, maybe. But like they fixed some of the problems. They struck out 14 times against Penn on Friday night, which I told you guys was probably the best pitching staff in the regional with the second best pitcher in the regional. Yeah. Saturday, they only strike out three times. But they had six balls that were would have qualified as hard hit balls, 95 miles an hour or harder, 
five of them were out. And it's just, they got unlucky combined with some uncharacteristic performances. Tommy Vale was was just a little bit, like he stumbled a little bit. Just He had given up three home runs, I think, all season. He gave up three in this game. And yeah, that first inning was tough. The combination of all of this, uh, of all of this stuff together means Auburn was two in barbecue, and it's a bad look because people were complaining that Auburn only got to host because their athletic director chaired the committee, and we're like, no, this is a good team, and then you go two in barbecue in your own regional. It's a tough look. Yeah, it's a tough look. It, it really is. Yeah. Um, but you know, hats off to um the Case and Hal and Bryson Ware. Um, you 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 got a picture of them and tweeted it out. Them kind of hugging it out afterwards, an emotional scene. And, you know, I, I quote tweeted and said, you know, hats off to you two guys. You left it better than you found it. I mean, you talk about ascending a baseball program and you look at where Auburn baseball is now versus when they committed and when they came here. Mm -hmm. um, multiple regional wins, multiple regional hosts. I mean, I guess, yeah, I guess they both went to Omaha twice. Like, I mean, that's just, that's, that's pretty stinking cool. Yeah, and I'm going to have a piece later this week talking about what's next Go, going over the the performance of the guys who's draft eligible who's not we're going to work work that whole process draft eligibility transport and all that but the big just immediate thought process moving forward for me is last year was the year you lost a lot of your experience with the pitching staff right right you had all of those juniors that were drafted your trace bright your blake burkhalter your uh, your Hayden Mullins, all of these guys who had been in the program for three years and they moved on. A lot of your position players that were drafted last year, if you think about it, outside of Brody Moore, were newcomers. Sonny DeShera was a transfer. Like Rambush was a transfer. Like a lot of them were newcomers. Right. This year, it's the other way around. A lot of the guys who we expect to either uh, be drafted or we know are out of eligibility, your Case and Howell, your Bryson Ware, Cole Foster's getting drafted, Bobby Pierce is done. All of these guys are veterans. And so your position players, you're losing that position player core. So recruiting, I, Auburn has a top 10 class coming in like they usually do. Butch had three Zooms last night, or I guess Saturday night, talking to recruits, talking to potential transfers. But you're in for another one of those resets. Auburn's going to be have guys entering the portal this week after they have their meetings. There's going to be a couple names that you're not expecting or that are a little bit surprising with the transfer portal. They're probably going to bring in nine or 10 guys and just be ready for this is what college baseball is now. This is the mm -hmm. modern era of power five college baseball. When you are at the point that Auburn is where right. you are competing for national championships, like that's, that's being, being clear. That's where Auburn is now. The fact that Auburn made a regional hosted a regional and did not win it is in some, like to a lot of people is a disappointment. And that is a reflection of how good Butch Thompson has been right. since he's been here. You're right. You're right. And just the draw that they had, like, I mean, it just seemed like a perfect situation, but that is not what happened. Pin is not what happened. Pin is probably the best four seed in this whole thing. They won on Sunday. And so like they are, they are probably the best four seed in this whole regional. Penn is in the driver's seat. They have to get beat twice or else they advance out of this regional. Now, yeah. the thing I don't, I did, didn't want to mention, but I'm going to go ahead and do it, is Clemson lost. And so if Auburn had won their regional, there was a really good chance Auburn would have gotten to host, to host a super for the first time in school history. 
but sucks, dude. It sucks. sucks. It really does. And I had a great time covering this team. It's a bunch of yeah. great young men. We're, we're not done. We're going to keep going. AuburnDaily.com's had more stuff coming, whether it's transfers, recruiting, the drafts coming up. We'll have plenty of things right. like we did last year. But it hurt. It it honestly hurt. When I was I was hanging out outside the uh, the clubhouse on Saturday after media, I didn't want to go up to the press box and write that final story. A lot of guys came out in their jerseys. They didn't want to change clothes. They didn't want to leave. Uh, it, it, it's it's tough. And you're allowed to be sad. You're allowed to mourn. Yeah. And sure. then later this week, we're going to get back after it. We're going to we're focusing on 2024. We're going to recruit. We're going to transfer portal. We're going to focus on what we can do to help this program going forward. Lindsey Crosby, how can people check out everything you've got going on, brother? I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. You can find the Auburn writing, auburndaily.com. You can find the minor league baseball coverage, Locked on MLB Prospects, where we get your podcast and on YouTube, and the Atlanta Braves coverage, bravestoday.com. You can find all my written work at auburndaily.com and bravestoday.com as well. And we will see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn.